Welcome to Creating Wealth with Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Glenn Grant, and I'm assisted in the studio today by my recording and sound engineer, Tux the Cat. And uh, we are going to discuss getting started with your first deal. What do you need to do? What are the steps? Well, let's discuss getting started on your first deal. Of course, I'm going to give you a shameless plug. I think the first step would be uh, go to Amazon and get my book, Compound Wealth. Uh, That'll certainly give you a very broad overview of my investing over the last uh, 20, 30 years. Also give you quite a bit of market uh, information. But in addition to that, you should be reading other books too, Uh, not just mine. And it's critical to start thinking about what you need to do to get started with your first deal. It's first of all, having a a realistic perspective. And I'm tend to be as an entrepreneur and as a real estate investor, I can be very high risk at times. And that has its uh, positives and it has its minuses on the positive side. You know, I can swing for the fences, try to park a home run and try to make a million dollars on a deal or two. But that involves a tremendous amount of risk. And I'm really going to encourage you throughout this podcast series that you really try to stay low risk. And for your first deal, have a very simplistic goal. And that is, let's find a single family residence, something that we are going to improve. We're going to try to make fifty dollars to $100,000 as our profit margin. But we're going to do it in a neighborhood that is focused on families and kids. That's going to be very critical and also a neighborhood that you actually enjoy being around and being involved in. And let me tell you why that is absolutely critical. In addition, we're going to need to pick a neighborhood that is close to where you currently live. That's a huge, huge part of this. So, and and I've been on the wrong side of it. And let me tell you a quick story about a deal that I did in Phoenix, Arizona. At the time, I was living in Irvine, California. And I knew from all my years of experience, I knew I shouldn't touch this deal. It was a single family house and it was located in not a very good part of town. That was the first mistake. Now, mind you, I've done deals and been involved in some very challenging neighborhoods, South Central LA. You know, you can make a million dollars in challenging neighborhoods but you got to want to specialize in that neighborhood. So I'm not suggesting that you can't make money in neighborhoods that are not, you know, necessarily something you would live in, but you want to ask yourself, where do you want to spend your time? Do you want to be looking, uh, uh, you know, across your uh, shoulder all the time? Do you want to feel safe? Do you want to feel comfortable? And the answer is, of course you do. So you don't have to go to bad neighborhoods or, or, potentially violent neighborhoods or challenging neighborhoods to make money in real estate. You want to enjoy this business. And that's a mistake I made in in this neighborhood in Phoenix. And so I also knew at the time that there wasn't a lot of money in the deal. In fact, it was chump change. Now, let me preface that. I respect every dollar. In fact, I respect whether it's $10 or $100 or $100,000. I have a tremendous respect for money. When you've lost money, then you find a newfound perspective for it. So I don't just go around throwing money at $200 dinners and being wasteful and so forth. But when you are trying to make money on your first deal, having a margin of just $25,000 is a recipe for disaster. 
there's so many things that can go sideways on you that will eviscerate that 25 grand literally overnight. So that's why I, I, I'm saying our target needs to be somewhere between 50 and 100 grand of margin profit. And we need to ideally be in a really good neighborhood, one that you feel good about. Because guess what? When you feel safe and you feel good, you're going to do good. You're going to feel so much more positive about your first deal. And the second thing is about being close to your house. You've got to be close to home. Now, so here I am, uh, you know, living in Irvine, California. And so what do I do? I go to Phoenix, Arizona, and I post up in a hotel for two months while I'm flipping this property. And I got to tell you, being away from home for two months was not enjoyable. And the amount of money I was going after was absurd. It, it just was not that much money there. And I also bought a property in a, a very bad neighborhood. And so the good news is when you make these mistakes, and again, even before I did the deal, I knew all of this. Nobody had to tell me this. I've got way too much experience. But there's something interesting psychologically that happens when you're sitting on a pile of money and you're just itching to make some more. You will talk yourself into stuff that you shouldn't be talking yourself into. You'll say, oh, I'm just going to make a quick 30 grand. I'm going to take this 100 grand and I'm just going to make a quick 30. No, that's not what's going to happen in, a, in your first deal or your 55th deal. And it's, it's just, it's never that way. And so I talked myself into uh, doing a deal in a neighborhood I shouldn't have been doing. And, and I ended up doing an amazing job. I completely gutted this house. It was a single family residential house, of course, SFR. And I gutted it. And the before and after photos are phenomenal. Um, but it, it absolutely wasn't worth my time. And you have to really place a high value on your time management. And, um, you know, every, even when deals are bad, even when you have really negative experiences, the amount of wisdom that washes over you is phenomenal. The amount of lessons you learn. And so, you know, I used my Spanish skills. Um, I was working with a, a crew from uh, Sinaloa. You know, we've all heard of the Sinaloa cartel. So, you know, that's always interesting when you're, you're meeting new people. Uh, these were some great guys, by the way. Um, really wonderful guys and that's one of the neat things about investing in real estate you meet some really neat people family people people that just want to earn a living and feed their kids and they have a good skill set maybe it's drywall maybe it's plumbing maybe it's electrical um, but the key here is you know you got to leverage your time and your money in a really valuable way that makes sense and so doing deals in another state it kind of sounds sexy and in your mind you're like oh I'm making things happen in my life I'm I'm doing out-of-state deals. Well, you know what? It's not that glamorous. I mean, posting up in a hotel in Phoenix, Arizona uh, with our daily heat, and I'm not exaggerating this, was 122 degrees. I would be playing tennis at the Phoenix Tennis Club at night, and it was still 110 at 8 o'clock. I was so blown away by that. I'd take videos and send them to, to my friends. And so... You know, that sounds kind of neat, like, oh, I'm going to go out of state and I'm going to do these real estate deals. It's not. It's not a really good way to leverage. My rule of thumb for staying close is you literally need to pick neighborhoods that you're 10 to 15 minutes away from, maybe 20 minutes. And I mean that sincerely. The amount of trips to Home Depot, the amount of trips to the city, 
for permits or whatever you're doing. The amount of back and forth that you're going to be doing is phenomenal on a real estate project. The last thing you need to do is be in Los Angeles, for example, just to give you the geographics and drive an hour to an hour and a half in traffic to South Orange County, California to do a real estate deal. And you justify it because you think, oh, I'm going to make a, you know, two, 300 grand once I'm doing this and I'm done with this project. So you justify it. And what it does is when it goes south and it goes off the reservation and there's things that come up that you are not aware of, all of a sudden six months go by and you've been making that daily grind and that daily trip. So the key for your first deal is find a good neighborhood very close to home. Okay, it's going to cut down on your stress and your anxiety and your angst tremendously. Try to target a, uh, a good neighborhood where, again, you're trying to make that 50 to 100 grand. Now you're going to have to turn your, your attention towards what do you need to do to really prepare? Well, one of the biggest problems that people have on their first deal is they don't know anything. And so they, they trust the contractor that they try to hire. And now the contractor is the one making the profit. So it's going to be very critical if you're going to do your first deal and you're not doing a room addition, which I would not advise for your first deal to not be doing any construction projects, not adding 500 or 1,000 square feet or a couple of bedrooms that uh, you need to get a couple of basic deals under your belt. So when you get that first rehab going, that's not a construction project, you're not adding square footage, you're really going to be honing your skills on design. You know, what does it take to make that kitchen completely transform itself? And you're going to get like I did on my first deal. I targeted a project that was literally eight blocks from my house. I could walk there. Okay. I wasn't doing a construction project. Uh, I ended up making about $40,000 off my first deal, but I'm out there at Home Depot getting the kitchen cabinets. I'm out there buying the tile machine and I actually laid the tile myself, put the kitchen cabinets together, uh, did a lot of the painting, uh, coordinated a lot of the landscaping, uh, used my Spanish skills. So, you know, you're going to need some type of skills to find uh, good workers that are skilled Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes they speak Spanish. So it helps to at least understand and also be very respectful of these people. That's critical. But be prepared to get your hands dirty with the real details. If you hire everything out with everyone else doing all the work and you're not willing to get in the trenches, then you don't have an idea of what stuff should cost. And now you're paying three times the amount to a contractor. So it's, it's very critical that you start to learn some skills about, hey, I'm going to paint this house. I'm going to coordinate the landscaping. I'm going to bring in cabinets. I'm going to change out this wood floor. Um, you know, and I can do a whole podcast and I will on materials and finishes and, you know, not making the mistake of picking the wrong types of finishes when you're first starting out in the business and now your rehab and your, your flip property, it just looks like a cheap you know, uh, you put some lipstick on a pig, as we like to say in real estate. So very critical um, that you pick something close to home, that you're willing to get involved in the trenches. And you need to start to become a student of what this stuff really takes. So instead of hiring somebody and they're charging you $3,000 for a job, you should be paying 1200 for. 
So you have to get on YouTube, watch a lot of videos. Uh, you know, again, I'll start doing those as well on our YouTube channel, but you gotta start watching videos on, you know, if you're gonna be doing a floor, take 15 minutes out and see how it's done. So you have a real clear idea because you're gonna be hiring people to do this stuff. You gotta make sure that you find, and, and this is the tricky part of the business, you find a good team to work with. You know, a, a guy that knows how to do drywall. Uh, I've, I, hell, I've had electricians that are female. In fact, on the, uh, the Phoenix project, um, she was female and it was fantastic. She was amazing. She was an electrician and she was female. You don't see that every day. So find a good electrician, find a good plumber, find a good drywall person, find somebody that knows how to install floors. And your goal should be, pay, you know, to pay on these things. You should be looking at paying somebody no more than three to $400 a day in wages. If somebody's making $1,000 a day off of you, then they're overcharging you and you're paying too much. And listen, God bless them. They're welcome to go out and deal with husbands and wives who are not trying to do this for a business. But your mentality has to be, hey, I need to get this stuff done from you at a wholesale rate. I'm not paying retail. Retail is the husband and wife who's not trying to run a business. They're not trying to do a fix and flip business. And they're going to hire that skilled labor, that, that contractor, and they're going to pay a lot of money for it. And, and that's fine. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to put on the mentality that you have to get stuff done at wholesale rates. So somebody that's really skilled, you can find very skilled people out there that will make three, $400 in a day. And they know what they're doing. You have to be savvy enough to manage that process. And there's a big difference between you paying three to $400 in labor for that project for that day versus paying a thousand or 1500, you just multiply that over eight or 10 projects and there goes your 30 or 40 grand right up in smoke because you overpaid. So you're gonna have to get into the details and into the weeds as we say on what needs to be done on this, this project and be very involved, be willing to go to Lowe's or Home Depot, be willing to go to the electrical contracting store and, and all these, you know, the roofing supply place and all these other things that you're going to need to, to figure out because you need to have a really good understanding of the materials, what's involved in the labor process. And that's where YouTube is going to be a fantastic benefit for you. Uh, I'm going to counsel you to stay away from get rich quick seminar schemes that want to charge you 20 grand for a weekend and tell you that you're going to be a multimillionaire. Um, that's not, that's not realistic. So you need to be willing to roll your sleeves up. And again, if it's your first project, maybe you're doing this on the weekends. You already have a full-time job. Um, maybe you're going in on this with a couple of friends and you're young and you're just starting out. Maybe you're a husband and wife and you want to do your first deal and you're doing it on the side at nights and on weekends and you somewhat enjoy the process. I am not suggesting for your first deal that you have to you know, do all this work yourself. You have to love it. No, you don't. What you have to be willing to do is finding people in your community through referrals, through asking around, through a lot of interviewing, you have to become savvy. You know, hey, I'm gonna pay $3,000 to knock this wall down and, and frame it and drywall it. Well, somebody could easily charge you $7,000 for that, but you've gotta get it done for 3,000. You gotta wanna at least have some curiosity about this stuff. And where you're really going to win on your first deal is the design, meaning picking really good colors and picking really attractive finishes because that's what sells a house. 
So my, you know, I could, we could talk for hours on this stuff and we will in our podcast series, but what's really critical for you on your first deal is think about the neighborhood you're in, think about uh, finding good neighborhoods where, you know, you find a, a, a three bedroom, two bath house that just needs to be fixed up at all levels and you're willing to get in there and enjoy the process. It's exciting as hell when you do your first deal and you're figuring it out. It is a puzzle. Um, but there's a lot of money to be made, but you also have to put on a, a willingness in your mindset that you're going to get involved at, at all, you know, all levels of the process. The other thing you want to start figuring out to do is, you know, are you going to use a hard money lender or are you going to use some of your own capital? Are you going to qualify for a conventional mortgage? You know, again, when rates come down and they're realistic again to do your first deal, or are you going to learn how to work with a hard money lender so you're not putting up too much of your own money, a very nominal amount. And in a situation like that, you don't have to worry about having an 800 FICO score. You can actually uh, suspend that. But there's a whole process to working with hard money lenders that we'll get into in other podcasts. A lot of ducks you have to have in a row. But the good news is you can do your first deal without having a lot of money. And you can do your first deal without having amazing credit. That's the key to remember. But don't make the mistakes I've made. Don't go out of state. You know, don't drive an hour and a half to two hours because you think you found this amazing deal. Stick close to home. Stick to a reasonable priced house that you know that your buyer is going to be a family with kids because those are the houses that are going to sell first. Not some obscure high-end house that you're trying to make a killing off of on your first deal uh, and you're trying to swing for the fences, that will spell disaster.